Hi, and welcome to the Imperfect Podcast. My name is Deb Crow, and I will be your host. Join me on this journey as we meet heart-centered leaders from all over the globe. Lots of interesting questions, interesting conversation, and find out what makes a leader. How do they handle uncertainty and complexity? How do they lead in a time that is volatile? Join us. Welcome back to Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast. And September brings a new season, a season of renewal, And like I mentioned last week, I'm really excited to highlight some younger leaders around the globe and very excited to introduce you to a young gentleman today who lives in Toronto. His name is Ali Salama. He is a social entrepreneur, a speaker. He's a fellow podcaster. He's an ex-pro athlete, and he's the Middle East mental health ambassador. His team was founded at EmpowerMag.com. It is the first mental health magazine in the Middle East, winning Harvard's top seven most impactful social initiatives in 2019 and earning further recognition from the World Health Organization. Currently, Ali's purpose is to empower youth to become more impactful change makers in the world by being a heart-centered leader himself. And he also hosts the Empathy Always Wins, which is the world's exclusive youth leadership podcast. And it focuses on empathy and community building. Like I said, he lives in Toronto. He's currently consulting with social enterprises and change makers on strategies to help build powerful community. So Ali, welcome to the show. Hi, Deb. Thank you so much for this introduction. <laughs> Thank I'm, you for having me. It's a, a fellow podcaster, but you know, you, you've won me over. My, my heart swells to see what a beautiful, authentic, heart-centered leader you are as a young man. So just so honored to have you today on the podcast. Thank you. It's my honor. Thank you. <laughs> so my first leadership question for you is, would you mind giving us a little insight to your own personal journey to show how that's really shaped how you've become a heart-centered leader at such a young age? Yeah, of course. Um, I think this question, I could take it perhaps in so many different directions, but I'll, 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 I'll perhaps touch a little bit on, on what has allowed that uh, heart-centered leadership or, or leader within to sort of emerge. Um, during during my upbringing, something that I, I know really impacted the way I am today is, um, you know, being uh, displaced from home, whatever that may mean in, to anyone listening. I think, but for our, for my, for my situation, it was, I wasn't living in Cairo, I was living abroad. I was I was always trying to make new friends. I was always uncomfortable. Like it was a very difficult time for me growing up because my father lost his business when we were living in Egypt. He had a huge construction business. 
and due to corruption, you know, it was an overnight thing that, you know, uh, after living in the top 1%, you certainly just have nowhere to go uh, because it was, uh, it was a situation where the family got in debt and it was just horrid. It was just very bad. So uh, from that position, of course, uh, I ended up, me and my family, just living abroad and, 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 and we were forced to, you know, um, be heart-centered and, and cope in ways that allowed me to be, you know, highly empathetic and understand that uh, this is life and, and everyone has their own ups and downs. So it's something I never really talked about before. And I think that in true essence, it has allowed me to uh, see beyond color, see beyond race, see beyond uh, ethnicity, see beyond religion, see beyond so many different things. Because I, I think when you are young and when you belong to a certain uh, color, race, orientation, whatever that may be that you know may label you, I think it's it's I think one advantage that has shaped sort of my perception or my my my. Uh, my my heart to, to be a little bit centered in a manner that is that, that 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 cultivates empathy is that I was forced to mix with people that you know uh, that I was uncomfortable with at the start because when you're living in a bubble um, in a certain environment when you come out of that bubble out of that shell and that bubble doesn't have to be a country it can be simply a home so many homes are very conservative um, that allowed me to to really become the person I am today. And, um, you know, uh, fast forward, you know, I, I ended up moving by myself to Canada, Toronto. And um, I was an athlete, of course. The only thing that kept me going mentally or psychologically was swimming. I was a very talented and, and fast swimmer. So um, I was always an athlete growing up. But when I came to Canada, I didn't I, I just didn't have the olympic dream so you some at some point of your life you choose to continue in that athletic route or you just uh, give into your studies and give into something that really just makes sense in the long term because training nine to ten times a week isn't something you know someone ordinary does it's just it requires a certain level of lifestyle and and all that so i uh when i came here i i simply couldn't mm, I just couldn't integrate well. North America is very different to the world. It's extremely different to everywhere else in the world, um, at least from my perspective. And I, I, I actually developed a mental illness and that even made me uh, more empathetic uh, emerging out of it. And I decided that I needed to do something to speak about, um, you know, emotional uh, well-being and, and mental health, especially from a masculine perspective where many people in my culture never really talk about uh, these things so I hope that really answers your question well it does and you have so much knowledge and wisdom for such a young man and I love to see your persistence and your passion and and just that psychological grit to break down barriers and I know over the past three years, you've really given mental health a voice in the Middle East. And I know you've done that through your online magazine, Empower Mag, and you've developed a platform with 70,000 plus users. 
So as you continue to rally and use your voice with all the efforts you're doing around empathetic leadership and greater mental health advocacy, I love that you're actively speaking for the World Health Organization across multiple conferences. So my next question is, what imperfections are you bringing to your leadership that you can foster and teach to other young people? Yeah, I think that's a very good question. Um, I think self-care and self-love, I think that that is a very, you know, when I used to hear those terms in being an athlete and growing up, they were very soft terms. You know, what do you mean self-love or self-care? This is too soft for me to even fathom or, or just give you my ear and listen. But in all honesty, it's, 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 you know, you have to build those as leaders to be able to provide and, and, and see things from a very, very, very uh, unique lens that can uh, empower the person in front of you. Because I think that, you know, um, one thing I really I'm working on till today and it's and it's still an imperfection is how can I set boundaries within my own uh, self and you know sometimes we're, we're always hearing that the kindest souls suffer in the world and all these you know somewhat valid but somewhat invalid statements because we aren't taught boundaries when we're growing up. We aren't taught these things in school that allow us to really shine without taking away anything that uh, make us who we are, that beam of light that so many people um, want to give to the world because they are that, but inevitably or eventually end up losing that light, right? You have to, I think my imperfection is, is now understanding that, uh, first of all, you can't help everybody, and that's something we need to let go of, but you can help somebody, and that is enough, right? Understanding what is enough and understanding your limits and understanding your boundaries, we can have infinite dreams and we can do amazing work in the world, but sometimes this perfection, this inner perfectionist in us uh, hinders our progress, and that's something that I'm working on every single day. And that's something that uh, I truly believe for, especially our younger generation, when everything's so, so accessible, when you see people, um, you know, making, uh, you know, very, very, you know, good livings off of just putting videos on YouTube, when, when, when things almost seem unrealistic, but are happening and they're happening so close but aren't representative of the entire population. When people live on social media and those instant dopamine, you know, hits in our minds uh, uh, act almost as, as addictive as, as, as drug abuse. And I think that that's something that uh, allows um, for younger people, especially, you know, if I were to, you know, talk to someone, to talk to my younger self, uh, make 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 sure that you're aware of, of 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 the bigger picture because if you really hone into your own imperfections and understand your boundaries you will you will shine well beyond you know your wildest dreams but you just have to really hone into that and not let in 
to the outside uh, noise because that will always exist, but it's no longer on billboards when we're driving in cars and, and it's no longer on radio stations. It's literally on our phones 24 seven every time we unlock our screens. So this is how distracted maybe or distorted our judgments can be or our sense of self can be. And that's why I really hone into self-care and self-love. Well, I'm a big proponent of self-care and, and you're speaking my language and I'm sitting here smiling ear to ear because it's so nice to see the value and the thriving mindset that you bring to that. And again, the barrier of the masculinity that you bring, and it's not a weakness. It's almost an embraced sense of integrity and humility of self. So thank you for that awareness and some of the great strategies around boundary management. So important. I know some of your education and skills were gained from Ryerson's Ted Rogers School of Management. It allowed you to ultimately become the social artistpreneur, and you have merged your artistic musical talents with your purpose-driven entrepreneurial skills to be a change maker. I know you've raised over $10,000 for your music venture, Cairo Kid Records, Inc., which I'm sure has some sentiment back to the days of living in Egypt. So my question around this, Ali, is you are leading as a heart-centered leader. You have developed and become a true champion for mental health awareness and education. What is your ultimate leadership goal that you want to impart from all of your efforts? Um, you know, when you, when you, when you, when you mentioned uh, the ultimate leadership goal, I almost pictured Chris Martin of Coldplay. I really admire him and, uh, I went to one concert when I was younger and it changed my life because uh, I remember vividly, it was, I think, 2015, five years ago. And uh, it was uh, a sky full of stars, that tour. And I remember it very well because I went to the concert by myself. I remember I didn't have friends. I just moved to Toronto. And of course, like <laughs> you can imagine why I became you know, mentally ill. It was a very hard time in my life, but nonetheless, that concert really stood out to me. And why that stood out to me is, is, is heavily important to that question. Um, how, how, how does my, you know, how does that all add up to make, um, to, to make me the leader that I am? When I saw that person perform and when I saw the energy uh, from that person's heart, uh, some people walk into a, a stadium and they light the entire stadium up. Um, and I like to study those people because those people have something unique and they're, you know, we're all human beings. No one is, is more superior than the other. Just people have different intellects and, 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 and tap into different areas of their energies. And with me, I always found that music was, was that. And if, if you were to ask me, what is the ultimate leadership goal? It's, it's honestly um, leading the way that I am, just incorporating music to it and, 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 and feeling what I felt when I went to that concert, which was a, a unique sense of euphoria, um, a, a, a distorted reality in a, in, in a beautiful way because 
I almost felt that those two hours and a half, I was living a movie that I was learning so much about connected connectivity. Um, it was just, it was, it was life changing in a sense that Chris was talking, he was incorporating speaking with music, with wisdom, with, you know, uh, with unity. Now, if, when I come to think of that, and I also think of um, Anthony Robbins when he performs or when he um, takes or lights up a stage. Yeah, I think Anthony Robbins or Tony Robbins is pretty high energy, but I think that uh, I'd love to incorporate music in a sense where it could actually be for impact and it can actually um, mean something uh, much more than just uh, a record um, or a billboard chart. I, I, I love to, 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 to have music create a community that aren't just fans that are truly there and that are truly, truly, truly harnessing that power of, uh, of their hearts, of empathy, of, of, of being there. We just witnessed, you know, a crisis in Lebanon and, and, and during all this rubble and, 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 and hardship, people lost all their lives in one second, you know, all their businesses, everything. But one thing that really stood out to me was everyone opened their homes to one another in no time, you were finding people supporting one another in ways that, you know, are unprecedented. Now, when I think of music and then I think of my message, I'd like to think of that. Well, I think you're well on your way and I love your enthusiasm and your multifaceted approach. And again, you, you have a lot of wisdom for a young man and I'm, I, I just really commend you on that. My last leadership question for you is, how do you feel your heart-centered leadership skills have been fostered and derived from? Um, definitely hardship. Uh, and when I say hardship, I mean uh, hours of spending time alone because um, I, I do believe that some people... Um, including myself, you know, even if you are an introvert, which I, I am, we need people. We need people to connect and we need people to share our minds uh, with. Um, I always say that the, 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 um, that the worst punishment man can ever have is solitary confinement because that's truly, 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 um, you know, the most painful thing ever is being stuck by yourself in a, in a very dark, uh, you know, place or environment, whatever. But I also learned that, you know, there's a difference between being alone and being lonely. And uh, you really need to cultivate the, 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 the downtime you have, because that's the time you read. That's the time you gain those heart-centered leadership skills and that's the time where I actually started developing my own library of books. Uh, and, I, and I became an avid reader uh, by being forced to spend time alone. Um, and I ask, you know, and I actually ask all my friends that, you know, sometimes ask me, how do you think about things this way? Or, or, or how have you gained the skills that I actually lend my books to other people? And even, even if I highlight them, I think, in our busy, 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 busy world today, we need to find a way to constantly learn. I mean, this podcast, and that's why I'm a big fan of podcasting. 
podcasting is a great way when when you don't have the time to sit down and read a book because your baby's crying and you need to you know make food for them or at whatever age that may be like that's a very you know targeted example for 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 a demographic but for younger you know for younger teenagers if you're in a subway or if you have an hour commute and it's a very busy place around you and people are standing and you're crushed you can put something in your ear and you can pretty much educate yourself in the same manner someone would open a book and read um that truly changed my life deb i think that that's the only edge that i ever had over anyone else on my age and i think if it wasn't for reading um if it wasn't for listening to voices of people that have long been gone but are but carry wisdom throughout their work it wouldn't have been for me um to doing what i do right now well, and I, I love that you just beautifully explained the difference between alone versus lonely and such a treat for me to hear that again from someone so young and how you cultivated and interpreted the difference. And again, it just falls back on what you beautifully framed around self-care and boundary management. So so good and i i honestly loved your simplistic answer of hardship and it's all about a decision that we choose to make we can either well in times like you shared with your family back in egypt or we can make a decision to have a thriving mindset and and always see the opportunity kind of tucked in the corner of each day so i really really love that I like to end the pod, the podcast with what I call my fab four. So I'm just going to ask you four fun questions and whatever's kind of sitting on the top of your mind is the answer. It's those fun questions you don't overthink. So my first question is, what do you want your legacy to be? Uh, that's a, <laughs> I want to, I I definitely want to be the face of, uh, of mental health in the Middle East and in the world, for sure. I want to bring a different taste to what it's like to be a man and, uh, and care and still be very strong. And like Brene Brown always says, uh, leading with a very strong uh, back and a very soft front. Well, I love that. And I think you're well on your way, my friend. Uh, my second question is, I'm, I'm going to give you a magic wand and you have one wish that you could change something in the world, what would it be? Suffering. Absolutely. Do you see how quick you said that? That's a heart-centered leader right there. <laughs> now, you alluded a little bit of my next question in one of your answers. So I'm going to reframe this question. If you could have a conversation with the younger version of Ali, let's say the 15 or 16 year old, mm. what advice would you give to him? Um, you will always be judged. So uh, be judged for being who you are rather than trying to fit in a construct that you will never be able to fit in anyways. Um, I think that's something that, uh, it's always said many times, but until you live it and until people start appreciating your value for your actual inner value, not for a facade that you have on just to 
please mom or please dad, especially in our culture, that's a really big thing. And minority cultures as well. It's, it's, it's unfortunately something we have to accept and we have to change. But uh, when you do that because of who you are, when you, when you accept that you will be judged and criticized, but when you choose you over the thousands that may do that and criticize you, there's an inherent power in that. And that's the power that, um, that the 15-year-old Ali needed to cultivate. And I've always wanted to be a father, so uh, I've always wanted to, be, to have a daughter. So maybe I'll, uh, I'll, I'll make sure that she knows that very well. Well, that's great advice. And again, it's, it's wise words and, and you have so much wisdom in, in the young man that you are. So again, it's, it's, it's bringing up the value of self-care and how we always have to put ourselves first. And I know earlier on in the podcast, you said, not everyone's going to like you and that's okay. You have to lead and just stay really focused with your message, which you're doing so beautifully. So my last question, Allie, is what's next for you personally and professionally? Uh, that's, a, that's quite a challenge. <laughs> uh, so professionally, uh, I'm actually collaborating with Microsoft. I haven't announced that yet, but maybe we can announce it right now. Uh, I'm starting a podcasting school with Microsoft for Startups Middle East. Um, and uh, it's uh, it's going to be called The Art of Podcasting. And I really, you know, it's so ironic that we are on a podcast right now. Um, and for everyone listening, we didn't actually like plan those questions. I, I never like to take questions in advance. I think that uh, I just love, you know, speaking from my heart. And I think that it's so ironic. But when I come to podcasting or when it comes to podcasting, I love it. And hence why I'm really enthusiastic about, I was enthusiastic about coming here, but I do have a, a, a school coming up to, for entrepreneurs, influencers, and, or people of influence and artists. I think, I hugely think that podcasting is going to be the medium of the 2020 decade. And um, I'm uh, putting together a course, resources. I think it's the best way to empower people and, uh, um, to empower their inner voice i think you know sometimes when you come to think about how instagram youtube and all these things started and how the people that you know are feeling great about their work and how they are able to live off of what they love which is a big part of my message it all revolves around finding the right voice or finding the right platform and while people may not be comfortable put getting on camera and making videos um, some others may be comfortable having a, a setup at home and speaking their heart out. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure there are so many great voices out there that will be able to use that platform just as you are, Deb. And I think that this is the future and uh, I've always been a, a fan of it. And my podcast ranked number one on Apple and, uh, and uh, Microsoft uh, and I have been speaking about it for maybe two months now. And it's coming out. Um, registration opens at the end of this month, and we're we're hosting it next month for sure. It's going to be online too, so uh, that's that with with professional and personally. I'm just um, making sure that the magazine is running. Um, I don't have many plans on monetizing the magazine in a way because I just really want it to be more communal, and I want it to focus on like we have an initiative that connects. 
survivors of sexual abuse and sexual violence to therapists. Now, I run a, a group of volunteers of around eight to seven, uh, seven to eight, yeah. And a, th a group of therapists, professional therapists, the best in the Middle East, and there are around six or seven that offer three clients per week on a voluntary basis. Now that's something I, I want to take on my own time and not just monetize out of it because to me, it's my own moral like uh, obligation to do that, having the access and whatnot. But what I'd like to take professionally and monetize for sure is the skill set uh, that I've gained uh, after going to LA and Orlando and meeting with some of the you know, the great minds in podcasting, because I do believe in this is the platform that will empower so many people in the world to truly come out and and, 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 and share their light and, and, and really, really, really spread um, and become heart-centered leaders simply in the world. Well, I love what you said, and I'm similar to you. I don't like to give the questions before the actual recording of the podcast because I think it allows for an open-ended authentic and free-flowing transparent conversation and it lets you really think in the moment of that question and your value system and your belief and what the answer is going to be so I, I'm grateful to have met you and for spending time with you on the podcast and thank you so much for being my guest. Thank you, Deborah. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I like to end my podcast with five elements that I feel allow us to be and live a purposeful life. Follow your heart, have passion, do your best, know your truth, and always be in love with the journey. This is Deb Crow. Thanks for joining me today on Imperfect, the Heart-Centered Leadership Podcast.